keep trusting and keep trusting that thing in your gut that's like just a few degrees louder than the fear and the overwhelm and like trust you're going to get through it. You're strong. You know what you want. You know what you deserve. And like it is possible. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Hello, my baddies. Welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Rx Radio. And this is not your everyday energy report or interview. This is like when your favorite sitcom growing up did a very special episode. Consider this that I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. And instead of giving you the weekly breakdown of the astrology for the week or interviewing a cosmic change maker or spiritual teacher, we're going to have a little story time. This episode is you know by request from a lot of you and also something that's just on my heart. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my journey of getting pregnant with baby Scorpio. I will just open up this episode by saying I am sweating profusely, like pits, butt sweat, the whole sweat. Why is talking about myself harder than I could go in front of a room and talk to 5,000 people about astrology or life? And then it's like, oh, tell a personal story. Ah, vulnerability alert. But I also know that's why it's so important. And this episode is coming out at the tail end of Sag season, which I always say is a great time to tell your story, share your story. You have no idea how it's going to heal, inspire, uplift, empower someone else. And I know that for me, the hardest things that I've been through in life, other people's stories really got me through. So that is one of the intentions of doing this and also an intention of got to practice what I preach, do things that make you uncomfortable, you know, get out of the comfort zone. So gather around babies, get a cup of something cozy, curl up with the blankie and let's chat. So before I get into any of this, I'm going to have a few disclaimers. One, you know, your girl is rogue and has no notes or outline. I tried to put together some notes and I was like, oh, I got to just wing it, go for it. So if the story is nonlinear, right? <laughs> I repeat things or whatever. I, I apologize, but just think about this. Like you and I are getting a cup of tea or a cocktail together and, I, and I'm just, you know, laying it on you here. All right. I never scripted, <laughs> never curated, just coming at you real and raw. I just want to acknowledge how personal, deeply personal everyone's journey is to becoming a parent or not becoming a parent. And it's something that was just very present for me for years of like, I always thought I wanted to be a mother. Did I? I don't know. I had a lot to figure out, unpack. I didn't know if it would ever happen for me for various reasons. And I understand that it's just one of those subjects that can just really hit a nerve or people you know, become parents before they're quote unquote ready. Like everyone's journey is just very different. And so my journey is my story. My intention, my hope is that there's parts of it that can again, inform you, empower you, inspire you, illuminate things for you. I will be sharing things on the practical end of things, some health things and hormonal things. 
And then I'll share some things on the magical end of things. Of course, a lot of the story is going to be told through the lens of my birth chart. A lot of it's going to be told through the lessons of, of surrender and trust and letting kind of spirit guide us and, and trust in the divine timing in life. And then there'll be things in between those two areas, right? Like I just hope that there's something here that you can take away, but also understanding and acknowledging that my story is very different. I have certain privileges in the story, you know, medical, health privileges, financial privileges to be able to go through certain fertility experts. I just want to acknowledge all of that. And if this story doesn't resonate or relate with you and you're looking for other people's stories, I say, look it up. I think it's one of the best things to do. You'll hear me talk about this, but you know, I really only like started to think about getting pregnant at like 37, 38, which is quote unquote very late in terms of society's timing. And so it really helped me to listen to podcasts or stories of people who had their first child after 40. And that was sort of like reassuring for me. So I encourage you, if you're looking for stories on either side, to not have children, to have children after loss, to have, you know, raise a child solo, to navigate through certain medical issues, find people whose stories resonate with you. Because again, there's something I don't understand it. It's a little bit in the head, but a lot in the heart space about seeing someone's journey and being like, okay, they did it. I can do it too. It's expansive. It helps us realize we're not alone in these things that we can carry that can feel really heavy. And I do acknowledge that, especially when it comes to fertility, pregnancy things, we can really carry this a lot on our own. I think it's one of the few top health bodily things that we we really internalize. As people with wombs, we, we really hold on to like our ability. For some reason, there's, there's a lot of like morality tied to it in our society. And I just want us to release all of that and just look at everyone's journey is their own. It's here to teach us something. And starting off this podcast, when I went to one of my very first appointments with a doctor, just to be like, I haven't been to a doctor in years. I guess I should start seeing some of these people. What's the deal? I will repeat this part later, but it, it was in a fertility office and they had, the office was very, actually beautiful. I, I was very impressed with just the, the care they put into the office, there was a lot of, you know, they served a lot of LGBTQ people who are looking to, you know, get pregnant. A lot of signs are insensitivity around things to do in the office, you know, to honor everyone's journey. They're very careful with their language, a lot around, you know, mental health support around fertility. I had very, a lot of preconceived notions of the medical community going into this experience. And I was very lucky to find that a lot of these offices, especially focused around fertility, I feel like are trying to be a little bit more inclusive and more sensitive. And when I was laying down for my first exam, there was a tile over me and, and they had painted the tiles with certain inspirational quotes. And it said, don't be ashamed of your story for it will inspire others one day. Keep going. And I know that's like Pinterest 101 quote, but for whatever it is, why I love quotes hits you in the right moment at the right time. And I obviously started breaking down crying. So here I am, flash forward, going to share this story. Let's get into it. Okay, so like I said, I'm going to tell a lot of this to the lens of my birth chart. And I get to kind of like hopefully debunk, demystify, dismantle maybe certain things that you've heard about your birth chart that didn't resonate. Or, you know, I get a lot of questions a lot about like, oh, I have this quote unquote bad placement in my chart or someone told me this or I read this online. So I will start off by saying that in my chart, we can look to you know, a few things to understand things about health and fertility and our fifth house, the rulers of it, 
the planets, if any that are in it, can teach us about our, our children. Usually our first child, they say, is very connected to the fifth house. I'm going to go in later to talk about an actual fertility astrologer I went to who will blow your mind if you're interested in going down that path. In terms of one of the first things I really remember about getting my chart read, and this is why I'm like such an advocate and such a loud person for like discernment in the spiritual community, is that one of the first astrology readings I had, someone told me that like I might never have children or it'd be very difficult to because I have Saturn and Pluto in Scorpio in my fifth house. And I was like, that's fun. What do I do with that information? And so thus began the journey of like, I think maybe it's probably on some level, probably why I like got into astrology was just to be like, I need to disprove this on some subconscious level. That being said, I've also had other readings that did say like, I was meant to clear certain karma in my life, in my familial, my generational line before having children, or that, you know, I would have children quote unquote later in life because I had things to figure out for myself, for my career, for my identity. And this was, again, clearing something for me from past lives, but also generationally from some of the women in my line way, way back who didn't have that opportunity. There was a part of me that kind of knew that that astrologer was like, I was like, I don't buy into all of that at all, but I do understand that the Saturn element in my fifth house is going to take me on a journey. And there may be delays, there may be challenges, there's going to be a lot of growth. I want to remind everyone that Saturn is a planet about patience. It's a planet about learning to cultivate like a strength, a muscle, a structure, an authority within yourself. But also Saturn is the planet of like payoffs and profits so that there may be, you may be on a more of a long winding road where you have Saturn in your chart, but it's because it's taking you somewhere, I believe, that's really for you, made by you, custom built for you, and it's worth the wait. And I will say, again, being on sort of the other side, quote unquote, of some of this, I, I really see that now in hindsight. So I was happy I followed that intuition. But I will say, it's a mind fuck. When someone tells you something about your chart or they speak something over you, it's why I'm so passionate about working with people who I train to be readers and intuitives. Like your words are really a blessing or a curse over someone and thinking about how you phrase something and also thinking about who's giving you the reading advice, what is their life experience. It's just important to take all that into account and to really also, again, like learn how to be your own intuitive, learn how to be your own guide because we're all human. We all deliver things through a flawed lens and knowing when to like take some of that advice, but then also not let it lock you into one set outcome is super important. Blah, blah, blah. Like I said, I always knew it was going to be a bit of a later start and I felt peace in this. Some of you know, I was like set to be married, engaged when I was what, 27, 28. And I called off the wedding three weeks before. And it was like, right. Like if you looked like the day my Saturday return started, it was like there. So LOL to that. And I just sort of knew in that moment that I was choosing a different path. That path would have been like, yes, married, probably babies within a year whatever that path is. And again, nothing wrong with that path. Love that path for so many of us. But from the person I was with, again, where I was feeling into really not knowing myself at all, it was just like, nope. And I made this very conscious decision. I like literally saw in like a download, like the two paths in front of me. It was like, okay, one path is just the easy, 
what everyone expects of you, what's been mapped out, what's like kind of safe. And this other path, I was like, ooh, this feels like messy and very, like I have to do it on my own terms and define a lot of things on my own and set my own timelines. But it feels really like alive and colorful. And they were literally like black and white and rainbow in my mind. So obviously, you know what path I chose. Hello. And I'm so grateful I did, but I'm not going to lie and sugarcoat it that it wasn't like you, you make a decision and then you look around you and you can still wobble. You have your wobbles. You have your second guess moments. Not about my decision to not marry this person in particular, but there's something about like almost hiding behind the safety of what people expect of you. It just feels like you're like, I'm just blending in. I'm hiding here. It's cool. When you choose to do anything, and I honor everyone listening here who's just chose their own path in some way. It's very vulnerable feeling. Um, you feel kind of exposed. There can be moments of, of self-doubt. And I just want to honor that. It's not like you make this decision once and I was like, and I never doubted myself ever again. That's not the case. And, you know, I am lucky, you know, in a lot of ways, my partner, my life wizard, he is older than me. He has children who I love and adore from his first marriage. I think we've talked about it on his guest episode where he came on, but it also allowed me a little spaciousness because I didn't have like that pressure from a partner. So again, that's a privilege in the situation that I acknowledge. Whereas some people get married or a partner with someone and they want to have babies right away. And so it would have been probably like my former fiance. That all being said, even I sometimes though, like even though we made this decision together, I would be freaking out sometimes because again, society, like, oh my God, the biological clock, this, that, the other thing, like freaking out. And we had already decided on this plan. So he would remind me like, this is the plan. This is what we decided on. So I just want to acknowledge, even if it's your choice, even if it's your decision to do something different, it's not always easy. And I guess part of that decision-making process for me personally, again, back to my chart, is that I have my moon and my midheaven. So a lot of my emotional fulfillment does come from like the work I wanted to do in the world. I knew I had a purpose, something to share, something I really wanted to like go out and I don't know, create, connect with. But then opposite that, LOL, is like my son in the fourth house. So like my son, my very like identity and expression is very much defined through home and family. I'm a cancer rising. Again, I have like that Mercury in Virgo. It's in the third house, but it's very close to my son there. And there's just a lot in my chart before knowing my chart even where I had this intuitive feeling that I'm like, damn, I'm excited for motherhood. Oh, also my Venus is in the fourth house. So I'm like, I'm excited for that. But I also know it could probably consume me and become my whole identity. But there's also this other part of me that will never be completely happy and emotionally fulfilled if I do that. Again, that's not wrong if that is your path. But for me, I was like, that moon in midheaven and Pisces, like if I don't understand what this means to me, I will always be giving just like a part of myself as a mother or like a shell of myself. And I don't want that to lead to resentment or I want to be like the fullest, strongest version of me as a mother. But again, very hard. Like there were some moments where I was like, fuck it, who cares? Like just do it anyway. But I was really trusting, again, like having a partner to support me in that. But you know, like the years go by, your friends are all having kids and babies, everyone's life shifts and you're like, I'm still here, like singles, like solo, loving life, and like just NYC, like taking care of no one but myself, which is awesome. But in other ways, there's just like this pressure that mounts. I also have like Capricorn, my seventh house, Jupiter and Capricorn. 
I also had like understood that that would be that I might get like married a little bit later or my own terms, possibly to an older man, LOL, very literal. And when the year Jupiter went to Capricorn, I did get married um, at 36. So again, just saying none of this feels like late, early, anything now on the other side of it. When I was going through it, it felt like, whoa, everyone I know is getting married and having babies. And that really wasn't the truth. And now being on the other side of it, it's like, oh my God, like, not that I could have waited even longer. I trust my divine timing, but do not rush. Do not rush your life based on someone else's timeline is going to be a big takeaway from this because it was like holding the pose and trusting my chart, trusting my heart. As I went through some of these milestones, I'm like, yep, that's exactly how I want to feel, exactly how I want to be in this moment versus feeling like this is happening to me, right? Or that there's something out of my control in this or that there's something that's not in alignment for me. Kind of flash to right in 2020 fall. And then I guess it was 2021. I, oh my God, I'm so bad with time. Or was it right after that? After we got married, everything got so weird. We never got to go on a honeymoon. And A, all my Sag stellium was like, what? We came back. There was like my life was trying to go back to work in the office, like full time, like basically fall of 2020. We gave up our place in the city, which is so near and dear to my heart. It was a very like weird year. And then in that 2021 fall, I was like, okay, like let's start thinking about babies. And we were feeling ready. And me being like such a psycho Virgo, I kind of knew up until this point, I just want to be honest and transparent. And this could be like, either relatable or abhorrent to any of you, you know, like despicable. I just like never go to doctors. Like up until this point, 2021, I don't even know. I probably do like my a gyno pap smear once a year, whatever it is. Like at this point in my life, I was very just like, I don't know, freelancer life, startup life. Never had great health insurance, went for many years without health insurance, yikes, which is just unfortunately a truth for many of us. We're just like not literally feeling like present in my own body to do things like that. So of course, like I was like, all right, part of probably becoming a mother, part of my journey, my Saturn in the fifth, is probably learning how to just like navigate the system better, take care of myself. I just had such like a block around, even just like paperwork to go to a doctor's appointment. I'm like, oh brother. But you know, I knew I was like, okay, I guess at this point I'm 37. Yeah, 37, I think. And I was like, I want to go and meet with like a fertility doctor right away. I don't want to like try for a year and waste time. <laughs> this is like once I decide to do something, I'm like, let's just go. So I go to this doctor. They do all these exams. I have to call in for so many appointments. It's so tedious. The paperwork alone, the co-pays alone. I'm like, God, this is annoying. But I also knew it was like a certain level of, again, privilege to be able to go now and having health insurance. That was exciting. But also knowing that like, it felt like it was teaching me something about like discipline, about getting organized. And again, like I'm really good at the go with the flow energy, the like intuitive energy, but I feel like we all have to cultivate certain like equal and opposite energies. And the energy that I had to cultivate in this moment was like taking care of yourself, being an adult, being a little bit of like a functioning human. So one of those appointments, great. Basically, the takeaway was you're healthy, you're good, everything like looks good to go, game on. And I was like, okay, wonderful. Because I think I was also bracing for, I don't know, there's just so much like fear around fertility in our country, in our society. I just, I had a lot of like fear about it. Like, okay, I've messed up, I've waited too long, something went unattended to. And I just, it was a lot, a lot in my head. So again, flash forward, trying a bit, nothing, you know, 
you know, not getting pregnant, not in the grand scheme of time, a long amount of time at all, right? But anybody here who's been ever trying the two-week wait, every month feels like a year. And then, you know, this is my impatient ass. I've waited my whole life, 37 years, and now I'm like, okay, let's go. This should just be easy, right? And again, there's all this stuff in my mind too that I'll be honest with in the storytelling. And this is like not something I'm super proud of, but I'm going to be honest, right? Like I'm like, okay, like I, I'm like a teacher to people about flow and trust and like alignment and like manifestation. And like every month that passed that something didn't happen, it felt like, I don't know, am I a scam? Am I a sham? Am I not trusting? Am I not manifesting hard enough? So I just want to acknowledge I knew, again, when you have those conscious, aware thoughts outside of your own thoughts, but you still see like the kind of crazy monkey mind version of you thinking them and you're like, oh, honey. But I did. I had some of those thoughts. Also, something happens, I think, when you're trying to do anything in life, like you watch everyone around you does it and it feels so easy to them. Like I think during that time, like everyone I knew got pregnant. My sister got pregnant. Some of my best friends. I was like, oh, okay. Like what? And again, it's probably just I think you're noticing everything so much more. And you understand too in the process, like how it's all teaching you something and how it's opening something for you. But in the moment, it just feels like, oh my God, like it's just, it's exhausting, it's heavy, or you feel like I'm the only one, right? This is happening too. I'm the only one in this like struggle. And again, why I wanted to tell this story, I must remind you, you're really, you're really, really not. So maybe this was like in the fall. And then I think by the spring, it was like six months, maybe five, six months. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go down the route of like freezing some eggs. Let's make some embryos. We'll do some like IVF things. Because again, I was just like, I don't know how like long I just want to like try like this for going through, you know, IVF has a certain amount of different like benefits, blah, blah, blah. Or even if I like, you know, wanted to have multiple children. Maybe it's good to like freeze my eggs now, get make some embryos. This is a hard decision for me because I did feel like, okay, it's expensive. It's intense on the body. And again, the part of me was like, I'm supposed to just be trusting. What does this mean? You know, like I went back and forth a lot. And around this time, I sought out a few spiritual teachers of mine or got readings. And this is why I really, again, like in my life, I used to get a ton of readings. Like I get them like all the time. I was in my late 20s, early 30s, because I was just in such a place of feeling so lost. Now I usually get them like for big events, big moments, birthdays, or, you know, checking in on something. And this was the first time in a while that I felt like I really am like, like I'm a little out of my depths. I need some understanding of like the bigger picture here. I need to be reminded of things and to be encouraged. And it's again why I love spiritual reading, spiritual self care. It really takes you out of the weeds into like the 10,000 foot perspective or like shifts the energy. And so one of the readings I had at this time, was a wonderful woman named Ray that I've worked with in the past, and she did a whole beautiful reading on me. And one of the things that she said in regards to like IVF versus like trusting and, and she said, this is what we call a pragmatic pursuit of miracles. And I love that. And it really gave me permission to just own it of like, okay, this is, yes, like miracles happen, but sometimes we have to be in that place of sacred action or again, pragmatic pursuit of them. And I really loved that and I took it away with me and it really gave me ease and confidence in this decision making process. And around that time, I also went to, I didn't seek them out, but it was a friend of mine who's a psychic who does a lot of work around 
fertility. And I didn't even, she brought up on a call with me. She's like, are you trying to get pregnant? Like, I feel like your, your babies are close by. And I was like, oh, wow, really? Okay. Tell me more. She's like, you're going to have one baby through IVF, one baby the old fashioned way, quote unquote. And I was like, oh, interesting. And she was talking about her hot take on like a lot of children coming to earth right now via IVF because they want to feel really chosen and very conscious and having the parents go through that path. I was like, okay, interesting. It was just, again, I wasn't seeking out this information. It just came to me, but it gave me some sort of reassurance. It gave me this feeling of like, okay, like let's just keep going forward with this path. Let's trust it. So flash forward to going through my first egg retrieval. If anybody's ever done this before, it's a really intense process. You're injecting yourself all these hormones. Truly for me, it wasn't even the hormones. It was just like how many visits I had to do. Like it was like every day after a certain point and you're trying to plan your life and you know, there's things going on and obligations and travel I'm trying to do and you're trying to plan your life while like navigating these appointments and just classic me with like logistics. I'm like, oh my God, like that's some people are really affected by it physically just to meet the logistics of it were really annoying. And, you know, this is where I start getting really personal in the story. So if you're not ready for TMI, then just sign off now. So we do the first egg retrieval and they're like monitoring certain things. And again, at this point, I'm just so ready. It's been like, a few months of trying naturally. Again, nothing's like quote unquote wrong or awry, but also like, why isn't it happening? I'm feeling so much like pressure on myself. Going to this IVF, I'm like, okay, like going to do this egg retrieval. And they're like, everything looks good. Everything looks great. Yada, yada. And when it comes to do my egg retrieval, they get a good amount of eggs, like a healthy amount of eggs. I'm like, okay, great. My doctor's like, great. Everyone's so happy. Then they go to fertilize them. And again, like did all the testing on me, all the testing on, on my life wizard, everything's healthy. They go to fertilize these eggs and they're calling me with the updates day to day. And they're basically telling me that none of the eggs fertilized. And the woman I'll never forget, it was someone I'd never talked to before. She's like a reproductive endocrinologist, I think. And she's like talking on the phone to me and she's like, blah, 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 like reading something off. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why this didn't work. And I don't know, like poor egg quality maybe. And I was like, what? Like it was punching the gut. It was this whole process, but all this money, I thought this was gonna make the safe route. And then to hear it didn't work out at all was like devastating beyond devastating, so deflating. And I really started to freak out because now I'm like, wait, if there's something going on with my eggs and no one picked up on before, what's happening? Meltdown mode, right? So in this mode, this was like what I would say, Maddie Murphy's like rock bottom of like mental. I was like, oh my God. So I started freaking out. Shout out to the life wizard. He was very, I think, I don't think, I know this process brought us so much closer together and made me realize how much I can count on him as like a spiritual and emotional anchor, which I can acknowledge is not everyone's case with their partner, but it really allowed me, you know, I am an oldest of four girls, very Irish, Virgo. I don't show a lot of vulnerability. Like I don't, like I'm soft, I'm cuddly, empathetic, but I'm very much like, I've got this, I can handle things on my own. And I think this process was the first time that he really got to watch me be like, I, I don't got this, like I need help, I need support. And he really just said, he's like, our baby will come when our baby wants to come. And like, we're just gonna like trust the process. And it was very, you know, it's, it's exactly what I wanted to hear in the moment. Like, you just want, you know, ah, I just want to be over with this process. 
but it was reassuring and he just had such confidence in that. And like, he was really a rock for me during that time. So I'm like, okay, amazing. That was nice. But then I still had to deal with my shit. Hello. And so a few things happened, you know, like I was like, okay, I got to really up to this point was focusing a lot on like the physical side of fertility. Like I was trying to eat really well, take my CoQ10. I was going to acupuncture, but she wasn't like a spiritual acupuncturist. She was just like very functional, which I appreciated. I was just doing all those things, right? I gotten all these like tests done and I kind of knew, I was like, this is now like the spiritual part of the journey. Like the physical stuff, all my doctors say, it looks great. Now I need to go into like doubling down, you know, the heart space, the spiritual space. So like I said, I got, I had gotten some readings. I got a few more. So Another reading I got was with Nicole Smuts, who is a fertility astrologer. Oh my God. I will say like she's not, again, like fluffy. It's not a spiritual reading. It's literally a medical astrology reading, but it blew my mind. I've never had a, any kind of reading like that in terms of astrology. She's like, I'm just going to tell you the worst things first because that's why you're here. I'm going to give you like literally everything you should know, like a medical file, like a chart, not like a birth chart, like a medical chart. And then the dates and certain things for the next few years around understanding your fertility, she started to read me for filth, my chart, life wizard's chart, things that I was like, how could you possibly know that about like medical history things from the birth chart? I don't understand. This is not my area of astrology. It did help me because it helped me wrap my mind around certain things um, or give me certain assurances. Again, if you want to reach out, Nicole Smuts, S-M-U-T-S, fertility astrologer highly recommend. Everything she said was very on point. And since she gave me certain assurances about the whole process, I was like, great. Then I did, again, like never have ever done this in my life, but like found one of those like TikTok tarot readers came across my feed and she was talking all about like doing fertility readings. And I was like, DM her. I'm like, I'm booking one. Again, never done this. Not that, not that I'm anti it, but I just, I don't know, never like registered for me. But shout out to the amazing readers out there Nicole helped me so much, just give me some tactical, practical advice in the chart. And then this woman who, hold on, I did take a screenshot. It was Jessie, J-E-S-S-I-E, James Jim, J-E-M. So Jessie James Jim did this reading for me. And it was like a 14 part little like video reading tarot. And basically the message was like, you're being really hard on yourself. You have to relax. I was really feeling my shadow of my Virgo. And she's like, everything's going to be fine. And she's like, but one thing, she's like, the baby's going to come after a move. And I'm like, we have no plans to move. So like, when is that going to be? You know, like a move? What? So I was just like, okay. Again, during all of this, just like it offered some reassurance, but also like any reading, you still have more questions. You still have more like, okay, what does this mean? When is it going to happen? So all of them, they were so beautiful. And then I also started to see an acupuncturist. Again, this is all in like a week who was a little bit more like, yes, into like Eastern medicine, but brought some like spiritual elements in. And I really do well with like homework or an assignment. Like tell me after an acupuncture session, something for me to work on energetically. And I love it, right? Like I don't just want to hear like, okay, that was all great. You're fine. Or take some sort of supplement. I really do like for me personally, the like mind, body, spirit connection. I really love having something to work with. And so I went to this woman, Gabrielle, my sister's name. I thought that was auspicious. And she really talked about like my heart center. She's like, your inner heart center is very nourished, like from your family, your loved ones, like 
that inner part, but you have that outer heart gate that's very tired and undernourished. And this is the part of your heart that's like connecting to kind of like community in person and doing things. It's really explaining it, kind of like being out in the world, finding joy in everyday life. And it was true. This was coming off of, you know, a year and a half after COVID. And I don't know for all of you, but it just really did like affect my social life. The things I used to do, like even going to workout classes or seeing friends more, just like being out in the mix. And like I said, I had left New York City. I was in a different neighborhood town. I wouldn't, I didn't know anyone. My my life wizard was like community in and out of like, it was just, it was a weird time. And when she said that, it was such an aha for me. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I've been focusing on my body, which is super important. Focusing on my heart. But like, I didn't even know when she said like, tune into your heart more. I was like, okay, but like lady, how? Which is so funny because again, the work I do all day, I'm like, yes, we must listen to our heart. But sometimes it is like, what is my heart saying? And her giving me that prompt really made me like put some things together. I was like, oh yeah. And and just like COVID had like thrown off just all the normal routines and traditions of, you know, certain family get togethers, friend get togethers. And I, all of a sudden it really hit me that like that part of my heart was really undernourished. So it gave me lots to think about. And then during all of this, time, my doctors get back to me and they're like, okay, we should do another round of this. Again, you're really healthy. We figured out what happened with the last round of IVF. And I was like, okay, it's like essentially your right ovary is like an overperformer. So we call her now the Virgo ovary. And she was just firing off like those follicles or whatever we call them, like overachiever. Then your left ovary, and this is what I call my Pisces ovary, Pisces moon ovary, was just taking their sweet time. And we were trying to, I guess my doctor was trying to get my left ovary to catch up to the follicles of the right. And then somehow in the process, just overshot, like the right Virgo ovaries were like overly ripened and the left ones were not ripe at all. And I really thought of like an avocado analogy in my head during all of this. And I was like, oh my God, this is so classic me, the two sides of my personality again. The one side of me, it's like overachiever trying too hard. And then my other Pisces moon side of me, it's like, I haven't been to a doctor in years. And like, I'm on my own path and like floating around. So I was like, LOL to my body. We go through the process again, which is again, really intense, honoring all of that. But this time it was successful. They had, took a good amount of eggs out, whatever, fertilized into embryos, Nothing like crazy to brag about, but we got some. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to take a break from this for a minute. So this was going into the summertime. And I was like, I want to enjoy my summer. I don't want to think about this. I don't want to go to doctor's appointments. I don't want to get poked with a needle. I don't want to get like, I don't have my legs in stirrups. I don't want to look at medication. I don't want to like think about all of this. I just want to kind of be done with this for the summer, enjoy my life, enjoy my family and kind of get out of this. Like it really can like take over your headspace and your schedule so much. So I was like, okay, that was cool. And it definitely felt like some kind of rebirth after this. And then this was like going into the Scorpio Taurus eclipses. And I went to LA, it was my best friend, Jamie. And I remember coming back and being like, okay, whew, like new energy, new vibe, loving this. And sure enough, you know, just had a great summer knowing that, you know, these they had some babies on ice. I was like, maybe we'll do a transfer or do that kind of in the fall. But I really wanted to take a break. I didn't want to go right into that at all. I wanted to just like get back to my life in terms of just, again, being the free-floating Pisces moon. 
like, let's just have some fun, dance in the ocean, be with my family. And during all of this, I'm also entering, I just entered my progressed cancer moon, which makes so much sense. If you haven't done your progressed moons, check that out. It really offers a lot of insight into like the emotional moments you're in. And I was like, wow, I really felt like such a crazy, almost like nesting feeling. Again, not a super domestic person. My son's in the fourth house. My Venus is there, but it's more like I value like family and I like my house to feel pretty and nice, but I've never been that person who's like, I love like organizing, cleaning, cooking. But that summer, my progressed cancer moon summer, I was just on a tear. And I honestly attribute a lot of that to TikTok. Help my ADHD brain just understand like how to run a household so much better. I'm like, I want to have things organized. I want to shop for healthy groceries. I want to cook. And it was like this whole transformation was happening in this progressive cancer moon. It was like, I really liked this. I always wanted to feel this way, but like couldn't really get there. And it was like my, my family noticed, my friends noticed, and it was just like a shift happened within me. So again, like honoring those, those moon progressions are so important. And again, like honoring the timing of it, like that, I think that summer was starting to really prepare me in a different way for, again, like being connected to a household, being connected to like the side of me that I've always wanted to activate more as a mother, even with my like super scrambly brain and not really ever having like the drive. And I think a part of me almost had a resistance to it too. Cause like, I don't, I have this big story my whole life. Like don't come a woman doesn't mean I need to like cook and clean, take care of babies. Like it's not the only thing I'm here for. So like, don't even get me started. Don't even ask me to do that. I think I had this resistance to it. And I think that summer I realized like, oh, I'm really doing this for me and it feels good for me. And so that was just a little like side astrological moment that I really appreciated. Also during all of this, Jupiter's on my moon. And I was like, oh my God, Jupiter on my moon. I probably can get pregnant during that time, even though that's not what Nicole Smut said. But I was like, maybe. I will say Jupiter on my moon, that could be what happens with it. But I think for me, it almost more like expanded and illuminated all of this stuff on my moon that I didn't realize that I wanted to experience or learn about or shift into for my own emotional fulfillment. And sometimes it's like Jupiter, especially in Pisces, on the moon, it was more about like flushing out, transmuting some emotional things that we're ready to to kind of transcend from. So yeah, so we're, we're going through all of this. Jupiter's on my moon. We're having these eclipses. We're like, okay. And that summer of like, you know, my first like full summer of the progressed cancer moon, I'm like, this feels really good. I like this. Coming off of that summer, I'm like, look at me, look how much I just released and how like surrendery I was. And oh my gosh, I'm amazing. I had also had a hit to like change doctors within my office, which was a good lesson for me because I'm literally like freaking out about it. Again, one of the readings I had was like, I want to switch doctors or they're going to come to an end of the road with them in the fall. And then me as someone who's like such a weird people pleaser sometimes. I was like, oh, I don't hurt anyone's feelings. Like, how do I switch doctors? And I literally called the office and they're like, people do this all day, every day. Like, it's nothing. And again, just another lesson in the road to becoming the me that I want to be as a mother. I realized, like, it's okay. Like, you don't owe anyone anything. Like, these doctors, like, you have the ability to advocate for yourself, to stand up for yourself. If something feels off, trust it. So then, yeah, I was transferred to this wonderful, amazing doctor who I love. Like, um, we had a, like, you know, our Zoom call to meet before I came in person. And he was just so, oh, he was just amazing. I really loved him. And I was like, okay, great. Like that was just like the confirmation I needed. And he said something like, okay, let's do 
a transfer you in the fall, a transfer for you like, you know, coming up. And I had already like done it before. And I just, uh, in terms of like understanding this process, which really helped me because I'm not someone, I don't know if it's my North Node in Gemini. I am not someone who does something great on the first try. I need to do this like at least twice. Like I'm like, I need to do two goes at this. And I was like, okay, great. I've done this before. I feel confident. I know the ropes, like let's go. And during this time too, with like that moon on my midheaven, I was also like, okay, I want to sort of get clear on certain things with the business and my purpose and what I'm doing, like another level of tightening all that up before motherhood, which I always knew was going to be really important for me. So there's a a lot happening. I'm feeling like this, like, it's like an energy that's bigger than me building, like something's about to shift, but also still in a lot of unknown, a lot of uncertainty. So we schedule this transfer for October. It was like right around the eclipses. And I'm like, ooh, eclipses going through my fifth house of fertility. This feels intense and auspicious and good. And he's like, we should do another egg retrieval because you have some embryos, but we should have some more because they didn't want to tell me this, but they did kind of tell me they're like, they're all one gender. So again, if you just are interested in having other children down the road and you want to diversify, you know, this is what you have going for you right now. And I appreciated that because part of me is also like, I'm healthy right now. I have good health insurance. I should probably just do another transfer. Again, not an option that's available to everyone, but I did that. And then did the retrieval, did the transfer in October. And this was the part of the story that was really hard because it was like my first, like, it was like my first, like, real try, like my first transfer. So I'm like, this is going to be it. This is going to work. All my health results are coming back great. We're going the super, like, sciencey route. So therefore, all should be good, right? And this was the part I was like, oof, now in terms of astrologically, Mars is about to station retrograde in my 12th house. And I got the phone call after the wait and they're like, we're so sorry. Miss Murphy did not go through, didn't work. We knew how much you were excited for this. And it was just, I think that was, it was like the time of year here in like the tri-state area where it's like getting cold and I'm like, all my like vibes from the summer off. And it just felt like I did all the things, everything was like healthy. Like what else can I do? Right. That kind of a feeling. And my doctor who I love was like, okay, well, let's have a chat. And he's like, you're really healthy. Everything looks great, but I'm kind of worried about just keeping doing transfers if this isn't going to work because we don't want to just like quote unquote, like waste these embryos that having more of a clear diagnosis, like diagnosis or diagnostics into like what's happening. He's like, if you're open to it, there's certain things, certain tests you can do so we can just be a little more thorough. And he recommended like a panel of certain tests. He recommended all all this stuff, like testing your biome, just certain things. Basically, I was like, okay, how much is this going to cost and how much time is this going to take? Answer, money, a out of pocket. And then it's going to take a while. He's like, honestly, all in all, between getting like certain insurance things filed away, doing the tests, waiting for the results. It's going to be like at least three more months. And anyone, again, who's been on the fertility journey, three months is like someone telling you like just 30 years. You're like, oh my God, like three or four months. So I go back into that place, tuning in with myself, my guides. Again, during this time, I had been getting so many signs and beautiful synchronicities and like baby's names that I've chosen without telling anyone would appear in these interesting conversations or as little messages or synchronicities. And I had my little baby altar with like some things that I was so excited for them to wear. When I was feeling in some ways, like 
is all going to happen. And the other way of just the human part of me as tired, mentally as intense, and just again, more logistics, more phone calls, more bills. Like I was just like, God damn it. Again, I was like, okay, well now I kind of have to take this break for a few months where it's like my doctor's telling me we're going to do certain tests, wait for things to come back. So what am I going to do in that time? How to make the most of this time? And I will say that Mars retrograding in Gemini through my 12th house, I was just like, oh, so much, so much. Also, we go through these 12th house transits and they bring up a lot, especially with like for me in Gemini, it was a lot of overthinking. It helped me to really meet myself with more compassion. It helped me to, again, talk things out, get advice, get counsel, seek out people. I'm like, I just, yeah, I'm not like, everything's not okay. I need help with this. And during that time, there's a few things, again, now back to like the practical advice that really, or like the embodied wisdom part of this that really helped me. One, in that same office, I started going to a different acupuncturist. And she was so fucking funny. I just loved her. And she's like, you know what? You're taking a break from us for a few months. But she's like, keep trying, keep doing the thing. Like, I've seen so many crazy miracles happen. And then she also told me, she saw that I was reading this book about like egg quality, egg health. And she's like, you know what? That's a great start. But she's like, ditch the book. She's like, those books just give you so much mom guilt before you even are a mom. There's something about her energy. It was such like permission. I was like, okay. Because you know, these books were like, don't beat around this cleaning products and don't wear nail polish. And all that stuff is very valid and definitely important. And it gave me some great tips about good nutrition, good supplements. But I think, again, especially with me, that Virgo, so many of us can just take it like too far. And so for some reason, that permission really helped me. Then in the course of this, I had passed by the summer before this storefront. And it was like kind of, apologies, but like cheesy looking. It was called like a hormonal, like balancing, like health program. It was called Be Balanced. And I honestly think it's geared towards women going through menopause, like why they started. And they're like a small franchise. They're not big, but they have locations, I believe, all around like New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. And it just like really stood out to me. And I even did a consult with them. And they really talked about how, especially for women, like our hormones are just so all over the place. And we know this. This is nothing new if you've been on like TikTok. You will see so much hormonal health. And the woman, you know, who gave me the consultation, she said, it's nothing about like eating well. It's nothing about, I mean, that is a part of it, but you could eat really well. But if you're, you know, in high levels of stress and your cortisol is running your system, you're going to feel like you can't lose weight and your, your hair is falling out. You're going to have like, again, things going on in your reproductive area. And it just like really resonated with me, but it was a pretty strict program for like two or three months. And I think when I went to her, I was going into the summer. And again, after all this other stuff I went through, I was like, no, no, this summer, I'm sorry. I'm eating my like lobster rolls. I'm having some rosé. If I want to eat ice cream, I'm eating ice cream. But I did have it kind of like tickled in the back of my mind because for a few years, I had felt that, especially through like my, not Cosmic Rx, but my previous business before that, had really done a number of my body in terms of stress and burnout and like just, again, not see my previous conversation about not being in my body a lot. like not moving my body a lot, but also just, I would do all the bad things, like have iced coffee and nothing to eat until like 3 p.m. every day. And then like eat a lot at night and it's just being in a place of like a lot of stress, a lot of cortisol. And I kind of knew, I was like, there's something went out with my hormones because even just I had like gained weight in a certain way. 
that was, again, I love a few extra curves on me, but it was just a different kind of weight. I'm like, this feels different. My body feels different. My energy feels different. But again, I was like, at the time, I'm not going to do this going into the summer. So here I am now. I'm like, well, you have three months until you can like do a transfer again. So you might as well do this program. And, you know, again, if, if anybody wants this information, I'll share it. It's called Be Balanced. They just take approach, again, to understanding your hormones. They work with doctors. They have homeopaths there. They make you like homeopathic supplements and they put you on this eating plan. And it is like pretty, it's pretty much like the strictest eating plan I've ever been on. But again, it just felt like it was the winter. So after the holidays, I kind of felt like this is a great time to do this. And it was definitely the program was amazing, but also just the slowing down. And you basically have to cook every meal for yourself. Slowing down and cooking for myself was just this thing I'd never done before. I'd never meal prepped. I'd never really like showed up for myself in that way. And it was really beautiful. Again, like this like progressed cancer moon. I really felt this and it was just like a loving act for myself. And I, I felt it in so many ways. So there's like the be balanced thing. I'm doing that. I just started that in the winter. And the other practical kind of interesting thing is that so that these tests, some of the tests were like, the doctors were doing things that were going to take a long time to get information back on. They want to know, like, is your immunology, like, fighting your partner's DNA? Like, are there things happening on, like, much like, deeper level inside of you? And I was like, okay, I don't even know what these things are. That's just blood work. It's going to take months to get back. Some of the stuff that came back a little bit quicker were these tests they do, like, for IVF, like a receptiva test. They test your womb lining, your uterine lining. And this other test, which I forget the name of it now, but it's all part of this like trio of testing you do that tests your biome, tests your like your healthy bacteria in your uterus, but also in I think like your vaginal canal, just everything, right? Like that's going on down there. And that was also something that I had felt a little bit like aware of for years, but I got in test, you know, your, your gyno, I did all these tests, but it was like, there was something there that's like, I wonder if something is off down there quote unquote, because you just know when something's off. But again, not knowing what to advocate for, what to articulate for can feel really hard. One thing my doctor told me, he's like, online, you'll see this thing like unexplained infertility. <laughs> First of all, I also should preface all of this by saying with my doctors in my files from day one, I had in like big, bold letters in my file, do not say two things in front of me. Do not say the geriatric maternity they used to call people at babies over 35. And I was like, if somebody says that to me, I will fucking scream, knock something over and walk out of the office. Cause I'm a big believer in like speaking words over ourselves. And I don't want that word spoken over me. And the other thing I said, I was like, I really don't like the word infertility. I don't like, I just, it has like for me a charged energy. And again, like even in the lowest of these moments, it's like, I don't feel that way. I, I just feel like, again, there's more of like something to figure out here. And so my doctor said, you're right. Like, I actually don't think that there's anything known as that. It's just that there's just like more tests that have to be done or things that are just mysterious that doctors have to become a bit more of like detectives on. So I'm like, okay, so this leads me to one of these tests came back that I had. Again, this is very like TMI, but I hope this might help someone. There was sort of like a bacteria or so I don't really know what it even is, but this thing called urea plasma. And I had never heard of this. And it is just bacteria that creates like an inhostile environment for sperm. I don't know why they don't test for this like immediately right away. But you have to, even if you go to your doctor and you're like getting tested for like a UTI or yeast infection, it won't come up. 
it really won't come up unless you ask for it by name. And the great thing about it is it's like treatable in like a week of antibiotics. It's like super, super treatable. And I went online and there were like not a lot, like it's not like a lot, a lot about it, but there was like dozens of blogs of things being like, oh my God, this was the thing that I didn't realize it was like, I couldn't have a baby. Then I got treated for this. I got pregnant right away. Why don't more people talk about this? So I did say in that moment, I'm like, I'm going to have to tell people about urea plasma one day. Because again, if it's for you and you're like, everything else is looking healthy and things aren't working, Google it, read about it. And then I did see that like someone right after that, like went viral on TikTok for talking about it. So I just hope there's more awareness because I just feel like when it comes to reproductive health, there's so many, like so much mystery and there's so much like not listening always to patients and it's just confusing. So I'm just putting it out there, urea plasma, look it up. And so during this time, we have like the be balance, the hormonal reset thing going, get treated for the urea plasma again, one week of antibiotic. Like I was like, that was so ridiculously easy. And really in the course of this Mars retrograde, just really allowing myself to feel my emotions, talk them out, take some of these sacred actions, had some really good talks with the life wizard that had some therapy sessions, just felt like kind of cleared out, almost like was able to name things I think I've been holding on to for years about like feeling guilty about maybe like choosing myself over becoming a mother, like this like guilt. It was like a flushing out, a flushing, a flushing. And I remember the end of like, like in that middle of January, I was like, okay, so that guy just went through a storm but there's like clarity on the other side. It feels really good. I think in that January is when I actually officially started the hormonal reset program. And it just felt like a new beginning, a new fresh start. And during that time too, one thing I had really missed was the sense of community, my people and the life wizard. And I decided we were going to start to look at coming back to New York City. We both had felt like it was not going to work out for certain reasons before that. But I just felt this call, this pull for so many reasons. So we started looking back. It's coming back into the city. That felt really good to me. And it just felt like there was this like tide change, but again, it came through going through some shit in the meantime. So I'm doing the hormonal program. It's to be three months. It starts in January. I'm like, great. That'll bring me to April. And then my doctors are like, okay, amazing. You can come in for your next transfer. Like all this blood work, all these results will be back. You can queue up for like early March. So I'm like, great. I'll have like, one more winter of just like, this winter, enjoy this time. I can't do anything. My hands are kind of tied. And so, you know, in March, we'll, we'll kind of start this process again. And I was really grateful. So just having this time to like tend to myself, we're kind of knowing like I can't push anything. I can't rush anything really helped me drop even deeper into that place of surrender. And so, yeah, it's like end of January. We're looking at places in the city. We haven't found anything yet. Great. We go away to Miami. We go to Florida. It's like full moon in Leo. I'm just like, fuck it. I feel great. This hormonal reset program, we've been on it for a few weeks, but I feel amazing. Like a, a fog had been lifted. The body's feeling good. I feel really like empowered. And just again, like something just kind of switched. I felt like again, a long journey as you hear from these stories, but it was like all these like parts of me had sort of landed into a cohesive moment. We come back, we find an apartment pretty quickly because that's a good thing. I was like, oh my God, everything in New York City is so expensive right now. It's going to be so hard to find a place. I guess no one really looks for apartments in like February in Manhattan. So we um, 
ended up finding a place pretty quickly to move in middle of February. I'm like, amazing, great, feeling good about like just new lease on life, feeling strong, but like having to go through all that, I understood it wasn't like, this is like a back to that kind of Saturn lesson. I'm like, I couldn't have skipped over any of that part because I wouldn't have gotten where I gotten or I, where I landed. Just felt like stronger and clearer. And then go away. Again, at this stage, my life wizard was traveling for work again. And I was just tagging along on his work trips. And you know, I can work remotely from anywhere. So he's going to a trip. He went on a trip to London. I'm like, I'll come with you. I'll crash. It's like super fun. Love it. And again, this whole experience brought us so much closer together. Like, I can't describe it. I was like, just feel really, again, as my Virgo independent self. I have, if I'm being honest, I've always had a little bit of a walls up around like love and intimacy. Sometimes like, okay, I'm going to love you, but like, how can I help you? How can I help you? Like, I'm not really the one like it was opening up, asking for help. Whereas this process threw all that out the window. And so, yeah, we're away. And I'll never forget, it was beginning of March. And I was like, okay, all lined up, have all my meds, all my checklists, I'm ready to go to come back and do a transfer when I'm home, feeling like good about it, releasing it, surrendering it. I've been doing this Be Balanced program for like a month and a half, was feeling good. And then, you know, going through the egg retrievals and certain things had really messed up my cycle. My cycle used to be like 28 days, like clockwork, and then it became kind of like 33 days and then doing a hormone reset. So my moon, my moon cycle would get off. It'd be like late for a few days. And then obviously in the beginning, I'd get really excited, but then I kind of learned like, nope, that's just like how your cycle is now. And I'll never forget, I was at the hotel. I was like, I'm going to treat myself to like, they had like a beautiful hammam spa in the hotel and a, this like cool kind of massage that I always wanted to get done. I forget what it was called, but it said like in very bold writing, it was like, this is not for pregnant people. Like, absolutely not. Like, you get this if you're pregnant. And I was like, I'm definitely not pregnant. But then I was thinking about it. I'm like, my period is like 10 days late. And like, I really doubt I'm pregnant. But this is making me think about it. And maybe it's for peace of mind to just know. But I was like, this is so crazy. And like, don't do another pregnancy test and get your hopes up. And But whatever it was, that like massage, like I should just know before I get this massage. So I went down the street to like a British little pharmacy, came back, you know, kind of said my little prayer, dual intention, as I always do before doing something like that, taking a pregnancy test. But I also was just so sort of like flippant about it. And you take the pregnancy test and... It was positive. And the way the British like pregnancy test I took was like, it told you like how long and it said like three plus weeks or something. I was like, what? And then I like took my pack, I got another one. I was like, this is definitely glitchy. Also, because this is a fun fact about any pregnancy test I had taken before that would always just come up like error. Like it would be like one line or two lines. It would just be like no lines or like an error message if it was like a digital one. And so I also had been laughing to myself at this point of like, do I just not know how to take a pregnancy test? So not only is this my first ever positive pregnancy test, is this my first pregnancy test that ever just like worked and said something? So I was like, what? So I went back and I you know, took, took another one, came back, same thing. And I was just shaking. I literally remember like dropping to my knees and just being like, I could cry just thinking about it. Just like, what? But again, I'm like, don't get your hopes up too much. Like it's still... This could be totally like not real or whatever. But again, in just that moment of gratitude and kind of surrendering, I'm like, no matter what, this is just a cool feeling just to see that written out, like how amazing. And then I also, the day that this happened was the day Saturn moved into Pisces. So hello. And like basically became conjunct my moon. So it turns out it wasn't Jupiter on my moon. 
that came to bless my moon. It was Saturn teaching me like, hey, you did it. You got ready. Now get ready for even the next level. And it was a full moon in Virgo. And the full moon was conjunct my son to the degree. And I hadn't even been tracking and looking for myself until after. And I was like, wow, full moon in the exact degree, 16 degrees of Virgo as my son. If astrology isn't real, then why? And I was just tripping out. My childhood life wizard, we're both happy, but we're also both like, you know, a little trepidate, like happy with like disclaimers, like, okay, still like lot, still early, still to figure out, like, so we go home. But again, just honoring like, even just that feeling. I'd never had that feeling before. I was like, this is so cool. And normally you have to wait a few weeks when you find out you're pregnant to go to a doctor's appointment. But because I had been going through this fertility office, they agreed they will like see you right away. So I call them and they're like, yeah, yeah, you have your transfer coming up. I'm like, actually, like guys, like I think I'm pregnant. And they're like, what? And they're like, get your butt in here. Like they're so cute. And again, because I had been working with this fertility office that for a while I thought was like such a drag to be going to these appointments, it ended up being this big blessing that I got to go in and have like weekly appointments very early on and hear the heartbeat early and even get this like little ultrasound of this little mini like shrimp baby. But the funny thing is the first day I went in, they're like, well, you know, a lot of people do have like false tests and you have to wait till you're at like... 10,000 HCG, which is a few weeks to even like, like from your blood work to even get an ultrasound. Or, and I was like, okay, totally, totally. They're like, yeah, so it's probably not going to be right now, but we'll do our blood work. We'll call you back and we'll tell you when you can come in for an ultrasound. I was like, okay, totally get that. So I get the blood work done. I leave the office and they call me back in like 10 minutes and they're like, Maddie, you're at like 40,000 HCG and you're like seven weeks pregnant. And like, I was like, what? what? They're like, yeah, like come back. We can come do an ultrasound like today. So I turned my car around and that was just like the beginning of a feeling. I was like, oh, there's something, there's just something happening here. And, you know, just to round out this part of the story, because there's so many things that happened even after this that were miraculous, but I had this cramping. I went for the appointments the next few weeks, like cramping on my left side. And I was like, why is my left side so crampy? And there was a file in my office about this whole thing with my right and left ovary, right? Like right ovary, overachiever, Virgo, left ovary, Pisces. And this is also TMI, but hilarious is that, you know, if anybody here has like gone through this process, they have to do a lot of like vaginal ultrasounds and go in and like look at your ovaries and look at your uterus. It's like very uncomfortable. It was very painful and really like not fun at all. And on my file, they could never find my Pisces left ovary. Like it would be hiding from the freaking ultrasound tech. And they'd have to have like two nurses come and try and look. And they're like, maybe like hiding behind like my bladder or something or my womb. I don't really know. But it was always an ordeal. And I just got used to it. Like when I laid down, I'd be like, yes, no one can ever find my left ovary. Like, let me help you. And I go into this appointment. I'm like, oh, I'm so crampy. And then they're going in to like examine me. I'm like, I know you're not going to be able to find my left ovary. Let me help. And they're like, nope nope, it's right there. And I was like, oh, really? And then I get it right there. I'm like, oh. And I was like, yeah, it's really crampy. And they're like, oh, well, normally the ovary that drops the egg, like a cyst is formed that like helps attach and like feed the fetus from that ovary for a few weeks. Because that's the ovary that dropped the egg that made the baby. And I was like, no way, no shit. This Pisces moon left ovary who's been a little bit of like the slacker in the group project with the Virgo but that like person who like comes in and like aces the exam when they need to I'm like my Pisces moon ovary the left ovary is the one that like 
dropped in and made all this happen completely unexpectedly. I was like, no shit. So it's just so incredible and so wild. And, you know, when I was going through this journey, it sucked. There's so many parts of this that sucked and I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but I see how it was helping me become who I meant to be, who I want to be as a mother. And it took me like on, on this wash spin cycle, emotionally, spiritually, physically. But, you know, that moment of finding out that like, okay, like, yeah, Saturn moving to Pisces, my full moon in Virgo, finding out a few days later, that, like this left ovary dropped this egg. I was like, oh shit, like magic is so real. And like, we just have to like pay attention and be willing to go through some really hard shit to get into the heart shit, you know, as I like to say, getting into the deep layers of the heart. And yeah, I also really, you know, attribute there's so much obviously happened to the doctors that were helpful, that urea plasma breakthrough might have been part of this, the hormonal reset definitely helped, at least for me, it helped me feel really good going into pregnancy. I've had a very, very blessed, very like easy pregnancy. And I, I do think a lot of this attributed to it. And I think that back to that original reading, I was like, oh yeah, my Saturn and Pluto in Scorpio, obviously this baby is going to be a Scorpio. So that's where the astrology is literal of, of my firstborn being a Scorpio. But I see, like, I see the Saturn journey had to go on to get here, right? Like none of this was easy or fun, but it was like so important. And there's so many parts of it that I was like, I did that. And now I can like stand on my own two feet. I can feel like life isn't just happening to me. It's happening through me. I'm taking radical responsibility in that Saturn way. The Pluto, we'll see about the Pluto. Nicole Smuts had told me, I had said, I'm like, I know I'm kind of embarrassed to even admit this because I'm an astrologer now and I know this is probably reductive, but you know, when we get in our own emotional space, we can't help but get, you know, a little insecure. But I was like, someone did tell me like years ago that like I wouldn't have children because of this placement in fifth house. And she's like, what? What are they even talking about? She's like, if anything, those two planets would represent your children. And I was like, ooh, a Saturn and Pluto child archetypes. Okay, I see why mom had to get her shit together a little bit to prepare for these beans. So anyway, we're entering Scorpio season. I'm so excited to meet this baby Scorpio. So many magical things, so many amazing, like miraculous things happened during my pregnancy that I felt like this baby was like helping me with and really opening my mind to Again, like that part of me that thought that motherhood meant maybe having to lose myself or just sort of like give over parts of myself that I didn't want to. And realizing that, you know, with paying attention to yourself in the right way, honoring your chart, honoring your guides, taking sacred action where you need to. It's like, oh, I really feel like this this baby is coming in with like their own team of angels, their own mission that I'm just honored to be a part of. So this was hour and 15 minutes of story time about Maddie Murphy's womb and her eggs and, and everything in between. And I just hope this story offers something again, especially like trusting your own timeline, because, you know, I've looked around my life, especially this summer, so many times. I mean, like, damn, I really created this life intentionally. It's not perfect, but it's really on purpose. And I offer my 10 years old ago self so much compassion like oh baby girl you're so scared and you're so confused but like yeah keep trusting keep trusting that thing in your gut that's like just a few degrees louder than the fear than the overwhelm and like trust you're gonna get through it you're strong you know what you want 
you know what you deserve and like it is possible. And so I just want to say that same thing to you. If you're on that path, whatever it is, whether it's about children or career or partnership or travel or just your healing journey, like trust your timeline, trust the things you know to be true, you know, seek guidance, seek help. And, you know, that blend of knowing when to show up and knowing when to just like surrender and let go of the of the wheel and knowing like that blend of practical magic is so important, I think, and understanding ourselves in our human journey. So I hope this offered something to you. I can't wait to meet Beepa Scorpio. And yeah, I already just feel so much of the magic with this little one and can't wait to bring him into the fold as the newest cosmic baddie. And I'm sending each and every one of you love and also encouraging you to tell your story where you think it's important, even if your voice shakes, even if your hands and butt sweat like me right now, you know, sharing your stories is so important. So on that note, sending you all so much love and stardust. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic RX, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.